Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. With the Feast of Candlemas, we draw to an end our celebration of Christmas and Epiphany and turn our faces towards Lent and the start of the most significant spiritual journey that any of us can make that leads to Passiontide and the joy of the resurrection at Easter. Do please leave a comment or a like, it's always good to hear from you. And if you'd like to help to, if you'd like to donate to help support these services, you'll find details in the accompanying text of how to do so. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our service begins. welcome you very warmly to St Bride's to our service of choral evensong as we mark the presentation of Christ in the temple. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him, through our Lord Jesus Christ, our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require, Wherefore, let us kneel now 
and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. <clears throat> Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh Lord, open thou our lips.
The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Haggai, chapter 2, beginning at the first verse. In the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do ye see it now? Is it not in your eyes, in comparison of it, as nothing? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I covenanted with you when ye came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you, fear ye not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The New Testament lesson is written in the Gospel according to John, chapter 2, beginning at the 18th verse. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray.
loving God, we humbly beseech thy majesty that, as thy only begotten Son was this day presented in the temple in substance of our flesh, so we may be presented unto thee with pure and clean hearts by thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There is something rather nice about having the chance to preach on the theme of Candlemas, 
the presentation of Christ in the temple during a service of Evensong. Because, of course, one of the canticles that we hear sung every Sunday here, the Nunc Dimittis, is a setting of the New Testament text from the story that lies at the very heart of that celebration. In accordance with the Jewish tradition of their day, St. Luke recounts how Mary and Joseph, at the designated time, took the child Jesus to the temple to be presented to the Lord and to offer sacrifice. There they encountered the elderly Simeon, a devout and righteous man who had been told by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had seen the promised Messiah, the Christ. And seeing the child Jesus, Simeon recognizes him instantly as the one who had come to bring salvation to his people and light to the Gentiles. And he utters those marvelous words that we hear the choir sing each week. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people to be a light to lighten the Gentiles and to be the glory of thy people Israel. There is something both poignant and beautiful about the vision of a man who is now free to embrace his own death at one with his God and with his heart fully at peace because he knows that hope has come into the world at last. Note that Simeon doesn't need to see that hope fully accomplished. The unfolding of the ministry of Christ is still many years away. All that Simeon sees before him is a tiny baby. But nevertheless, he can die in peace because he now knows enough. He knows that everything will be all right, even though he won't be there to see it through to fulfillment himself. One of the greatest privileges of ministry is to spend time with those who are preparing for their own deaths, who really are at peace with what lies ahead of them. Usually, in my experience, these have been people who are old and full of years, although that is by no means always the case. I've known individuals who are relatively young, who might otherwise have been expected to live for many more years had it not been for the intervention of serious illness, but who nevertheless were able to look at their lives and at the people around them and say, yes, this is all right, this is fine. It is not the path I would have chosen for myself, but it's okay. I have done what I needed to do, and so much of what I see around me feels like gift and now I can take my leave. Despite having every justification for self-pity and sometimes enduring much pain and discomfort, such people can become true bearers of light and hope to those around them. Like many ordained ministers, I am the product of years of psychotherapy. We clergy spend so much of our professional lives dealing with the trauma and the pain 
and the bereavement of other people, that this is always wise. You cannot pastor responsibly or wisely until you have dealt with your own issues and attended to your own scars. And many years ago, when I was still newly ordained, I worked for a very long time with a wonderful psychotherapist who changed my life in all kinds of ways. She was a medic by background and had specialized in psychiatry before setting up her own private practice in psychotherapy. And she was just excellent. She was wise, she was extremely insightful, and she was always a consummate professional. She was also very clear about boundaries. So although I went to her house for my appointments each week, I knew relatively little about her at a personal level, even though I saw her for a very long period of time. Until, that is, a couple of years ago, when, quite by chance, I stumbled across obituaries of both her and her husband, who had been in a different profession altogether. They had died within a few weeks of each other in a nursing home, both aged in their 90s. And because they were highly respected in their different professions, both of their obituaries were long and detailed. So I discovered all kinds of things that I hadn't known before, including their amazing achievements. In her case, she had undertaken groundbreaking work in transforming psychiatric practice and setting up a regional institute of psychotherapy. Alongside her gifts as a highly accomplished amateur musician, and her love of gardening, and her family life, which was also immensely important to her. And although I was sad to learn of her death, of course, there was something rather wonderful to see such a clear account of a long life that so self-evidently had been well lived. A life in which she had contributed so much to her profession and to the individuals, myself included, whom she had supported, but also in which she had found deep and lasting enjoyment in other activities and relationships. And the other thing that I learnt about her that I had long suspected but never knew for certain until I read that obituary was that she was also a woman of profound Christian faith. In earlier centuries, when life was more precarious, and life expectancy far shorter than it is today, death was viewed rather differently from the way it is now. Ours is a society that tries not to think about death too much. Many of our old people die in hospitals and nursing homes. The care of the deceased is now in the hands of professionals rather than family members. But the 17th century priest and Anglican divine, Jeremy Taylor, writing in a very different kind of era, produced a treatise on the subject of holy dying. His view was that death meets us everywhere and the secret of a peaceful and holy end is to be found in how we live in this life. God has given us sufficient time for this task if we do but recognize it. Yes, life is full of pain and troubles and distractions, but, Jeremy Taylor maintained, strive to live well so that you can die well. Indeed, sometimes the very trials that face us in life 
are part of that preparation. As he put it, no man is more miserable than he that hath no adversity. That man is not tried, whether he be good or bad. And appropriately enough, Taylor also penned a companion volume called Holy Living. So today we give thanks for Simeon, who could depart in peace. We give thanks, to, we give thanks for all those close to our own hearts, who now rest in God. And we should pray that we too might strive to lead a godly, righteous, and sober life, as the opening bidding to this service so memorably puts it. Amen. Let us pray. God of love, Simeon and Anna waited with patience, hoping for the fulfilment of your word. Increase in your church this confident longing. Reveal the light of your glory. We pray today for the church in the province of the Indian Ocean and for the Archbishop and Bishop of the Seychelles, James Wong Ying Song. In our own diocese, we pray for St. Paul's Cathedral, for its Dean David Eisen, and for all its staff. We ask also for your blessing on Justin and Stephen, our Archbishops, Sarah, our Bishop, 
and Alison, our rector, and all who serve this community of St. Bride. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of love, Simeon spoke of your son as a sign that will be opposed. Preserve all in power from the arrogance that creates division and strife. Shape us as agents of your peace and justice. We ask for your blessing on our Queen and government and the leaders of the nations. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of love, Simeon spoke of the sword that would pierce Mary's soul. Hear the cries of anguish and desperation that come from all who watch and wait by the side of loved ones in distress and serious illness. We wait on your loving kindness, O Lord. We ask for your blessing on all who suffer in body, mind or spirit. And we hold before you, especially those in our parish community, in this city and around the world who are in need. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of love, Anna spoke to all who looked for redemption. Hear our prayer for all who have died. We remember before you all the recently departed and those whose years mind comes at this time. Shine into the darkness of death and grief, your light of hope. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, prayers these prayers for the, the sake, sake of thy, thy Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
peace of God which passeth all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you all. Amen.